TV. Best of TV from 2022. I need to make a disclaimer ahead of this list. You need to make a list. disclaimer. Yeah, I think give, that's... A, give a disclaimer? Make a disclaimer? Give that's one. That's fine. I think give one. Anyway, your disclaimer. Because <laughs> I've watched very little TV this year. Um, Why is that? Like, I was thinking about this before we came on. Why have you watched so... I want, I'm trying to get my grammar right. I wouldn't say so few TV shows or so little TV shows, but like, why have you watched so much telly, Mug? Well, I have watched a lot of telly. Oh, but you've been watching wrestling. Yeah, 2022 was the year I started watching wrestling again. Because for years, when we were chatting to people and they got, got that I watched wrestling, I said, I don't watch it now. I just know a lot about it. But... Since I've booked WrestleMania, I have started watching again, and that is a big commitment. Like, because just yeah. WWE have like seven hours of first-run TV shows per week. So, for anyone who doesn't know, Mark's going to WrestleMania, which is the biggest wrestling show. Is that how I would I would describe it? It's the flagship wrestling show for WWE. For yeah. WWE, it's kind of like. It works as a season end, so everything kind of works towards WrestleMania in March, April time, and then it starts again after that. And it's in LA um, yes. later on this year, so it's important for you to kind of know where the storylines are getting up to, yeah. then, isn't it? And yeah, where I haven't really appreciated that. Well. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's important for you to. to no, I suppose it's a bit like I'm not, and just don't get me wrong, I'm just making a an example. It's a bit like watching a soap. And getting to like Christmas Day, and you, if you, you, you know, the big flagship Christmas Day episode where Dirty Den comes and wants a divorce from Ange. There's a reference uh, for kids <laughs> of the eighties. Um, you know that sort of thing. You you need to know the build up to that before yes. you can. So you need to watch all the all the shows. You have been watching an awful lot of it. I mean, when I come down stairs on a morning, usually there's some wrestling on. Um, on a Saturday morning, yeah, 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 because there's two shows that go live on Friday nights. Mm-hmm. Smackdown's on, and also in the UK, AEW Dynamite's on. So, yeah, like... And I think aside from that as well, there have been some shows that will pop up on my top ten list that you started with me and then didn't finish. Or, I'm going to use the word flagship again because I quite like it, flagship shows that have been on the telly that you just haven't watched. And I've watched them, and you haven't. And I've been quite surprised that you haven't gone to these shows that have had a lot of attention, for example. Yeah. So you, I think your your television mind has been slightly muted this year. I was I was concerned that I might not have seen 10 shows. Mm. I have. Um, and I've managed to get a list without Westworld on it, so that's a positive. <laughs> it's important. Um, at one point, I was worried that I might have to put My World Kitchen or... <laughs> Which is a kid's show, for anyone listening. Or Hey Dougie or and, Bluey. And I think they're very good. I, I've seen some people... In um, top ten ends the the year or best of and putting things like Bluey and other you know kid kid ostensibly kid show but Bluey's a, really good. Know, yeah. I know Blake's not a big fan of it yet, no. but yeah, Bluey's really he likes clever. Likes theme tune, but yes. he likes all theme tunes. For he is our son. <laughs> Shall we go on with our list? Yeah, go on then. Can I say that um, my list is already out in the open? Yeah, I've had to not watch, not look at that. Mm. So um, I've been uh, really, really lucky. Last year, I was invited to contribute to the Custard TV podcast. It's a podcast that I've listened to for many, many years. It was you that got me into it. Mark's pulling a face because he's doing like a mock jealousy, isn't he? Oh, well, you've been off moonlighting somewhere else on a different podcast. Cheating on me, che- I think. Cheating. Yeah. But yeah, um, 
we followed the custard tv for absolute years we've been going for well over a decade and putting out you know just hundreds of hours worth of content over the years seeing shows every single week and coming in and telling the world about them and reviewing them and they asked for new contributors and i sort of umdenard about it for a long time thinking well you know if i stick my neck out will i just get a sort of thanks but no thanks sort of email and i got a very very kind email in in response from matt who's one of the the host of the custard tv just saying come on and so i had sort of my trial go and then i was invited back which i was very excited about and then on that episode matt asked me for my top 10 tv shows of the year and then I was so, so excited to see it arrive on the Custard TV website, thecustardtv.com. So and I, my first one, my first ever, like with other people who properly do TV <laughs> reviews. Like, you know, when you, you see your name in the list of contributors and you think, wow, I've made it. Um, so yeah, thanks very much, Matt and Luke, um, who run the Custard TV for making my, my Christmas wish come true. But it does mean that my list has been out there for quite a while. Um, and you have done very well not to look at it. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's it. it yes. I, I want I want it to be a surprise. Yeah. So, yeah. And I also didn't want it to influence my list. Of so. course. <laughs> not that I've got any true crime on the here. So, um, yeah. Do you want to go first? Um, yeah. Same format as films. So, if we if it's going to appear later in our lists... Just give each other a nod and we'll brush over it and get to it later. Okay, so my number 10 is something that I don't think will appear in your list because I don't think you finished it. Or if you did, you finished it after me. We started watching it together and it's Russian Doll Season 2. Yeah, I was not... I loved Russian Doll Season 1 and I just didn't have that much of an interest in Russian Doll Season 2. It, the Obviously, the whole point of the show changed and it wasn't... Russian Doll Season 1 is a... Groundhog Day type show. This has a different conceit, and I found it less interesting. Mm. Um, yeah, I know that you really enjoyed it. I, I really did, which is why it's at number ten. I think Fair the, enough, the, yeah. the season one was much lighter. It was Natasha Lyonne at a party, going to the toilet, and finding herself just going through this the some sort of time travel portal wasn't it the yeah. loom, and finding herself just doing the same day over and over again. Like you say, it's Groundhog Day. And it was um, the, her friends that she bumped into. Um, there's a reveal later on in in the um, the series that something else is happening as well. That was there was an interesting twist. Yeah. So it really carried you through. And whilst there were moments of darkness and there were moments of sadness, it was very pacey and it was much lighter in tone. Whereas season two still has that time travel conceit. This time it's taking place elsewhere, it's on a train, and we're going to a, a different point in time. It's not necessarily the Groundhog Day. I don't want to give too much work. It's not necessarily that Groundhog Day reveal again, um, but we're, we're looking at, at time travel and we're looking at some other really weird timey-wimey things going on. And it's much, much darker. Um, but for me, it's a lot richer. And I wondered whether she would get away with because she's produces the show mm. you know stars in the show it's very much a female-led production from from what i understand 
I don't think she could get away with just doing the Groundhog Day thing all over again. Oh, oh it's another yeah. day. And, and, and in this particular series, she's approaching her 40th birthday. So she's, we've moved forward in time. And there's a lot that comes with that, this big birthday. And people who are in her life are not very well and maybe, um, you know, might not be with us for much longer. So there's all that sort of, that idea of time moving on and things changing. And there's a lot to do with her family. The thing that I found really interesting and also quite affecting is that Natasha Leone is Jewish and her family are Jewish and there is a plot point within this season that talks about um what happened to Jewish people's belongings when the Nazis came and I found that incredibly affecting and I hadn't seen anything like that done within this context on television okay so yep that's why it's my number 10 okay I don't think I'm going to talk about my number 10 yet Okay. Because my number 10 is Game of Thrones House of the Dragon. Let me just check. <laughs> yes, we'll not be talking about it for a little while. Okay, well that that's what I expected. <laughs> so what's your number nine? So my number nine, again, is not something that you've seen. <laughs> this might be happening quite a lot. Like they'll get a drink or a <laughs> magazine to flick yeah. through. And actually, you know what? I don't think you would have watched this. Although, mm, I, we'll come on to it. So it's Karen Pirrie. Karen Pirri is a, a crime drama, a fictional crime drama based on Val McDermott's books. I understand there's there's more than one. There's a, there's a series. Is it spelled a funny way? Well, it's Karen as in K-A-R-E-N and Pirri is P-I-R-I-E. What? Every time I see it, I think it's called Kiri Pirri or something like that. Um, apparently <laughs> well, not. Apparently, I was like, is it even spelled differently? No, no, just it's in my head. Well, Karen Pirri is the name of the lead detective in the show. She's a young woman. She's done really well in her career. She's quite snappy, I would say. She's quite... She, was, she says it how it is. And I that's one of the things I really liked about the character she when she has relationships with people we don't see her sort of moping wondering if they're going to text her or she's very much in control of her own destiny and i i really really like that about her she is put in charge of a cold case it's been cold for 25 years the reason she's been put in charge of it is because um there is a podcast that has been launched where a young woman is looking into why uh, things may have gone wrong in the original investigation. So they want a young woman to be the face. And so obviously Karen finds that really quite annoying. Um, She really goes into what happened within the case. She puts her absolutely everything into it. And I did not see where this was going. I enjoyed the characters. I thought it was just a, a breath of fresh air. It wasn't that she had some sort of dark dismal secret or she had some sort of addiction issue or you know when you get all those tropes with detectives yes they didn't just make her what you typically get in in an older male detective in these tv shows um which absolutely comes from the val mcdermott stuff and you know val mcdermott is absolutely brilliant crime i mean i genuinely don't know i know you don't know i know you don't know but i just i just loved it and Interestingly, it just it just hasn't come up on many people's lists, but Boyd Hilton put it on his list, and I messaged. I don't, I don't normally message celebrities, but I actually messaged him on Twitter the other day and just was like, "Yay! Like, I'm really pleased that someone with your sort of influence within the TV industry has talked about Karen Perry because I just felt it had been lost. So okay. yeah, really chuffed. And he liked my tweet, which is very exciting. As someone who used to buy heat you know, religiously 
in my in my youth. Well, there we go. <laughs> um, my number nine, yes, uh, might be something that we're talking about later. Okay, and it's Stranger Things season four. We'll we'll be talking about it relatively soon. Okay. What's your number eight then? My number eight is Stranger, Stranger Things. Things. <laughs> okay. Like, it's my number eight, but that's obviously still the bottom half of all TV I watched this year. But I, I think. I think this was a mixed season. Mm-hmm. I think its highs were spectacularly high. Totally agree. Um, I think it hurts from having the cast so uh, split. Mm. And that might be down to COVID. I would imagine it probably is. But there are entire episodes where, and entire storylines where I'm like, did we really need that? Did we really need to go and see Dustin's girlfriend from season three and um, have an annoying wonder, episode of there. And I wonder if they're going to bring her in later seasons, though, so it would be weird if they just didn't. But I totally agree mm. that the splitting of the plot lines, the splitting of the people, just meant that you were often following a storyline that you didn't care about That's it, and exactly. waiting to go back to a one that you really wanted to spend time with. Yeah, um, Eleven sat in the... Um, in the institution for mm. two episodes just did not work for me and all I wanted to see was how Hopper was doing in Russia mm. and how yeah and how... similarly for me strangely enough because obviously David Harbour great love of mine didn't really care about the Hopper stuff wished he had he wished he had stayed you know dead well I think um... the fact that he immediately undid the <laughs> thing is a big crime <laughs> of um, storytelling but yes I I'd rather watch that than uh, than the stoner guy mm. um, who apparently hooked up with some hot woman just be- um, just because for comedy reasons. I don't and... think that's right. What, what are you talking about? The, the stoner guy? Are the... you talking about the guy that lived in a caravan that's become quite fa- quite famous now? The the actor that was played the guitar and he was... Um... There's a very famous scene where he plays guitar on the roof. It's the no, the police, no, the pizza salesman guy. Oh god, right, yes, no, I totally get that. I'm yeah. not a fan of no. yeah of him and Jonathan yeah. going around in a pizza van. Did yeah. did nothing for me because I was about to say I think the standout performer and the person who's got the most out of this, other than Sadie Sink, is the guy who is the long hair. He's the rocker. Yeah, he's there from from the beginning. He's actually you. He's part of the gang, isn't he? He's part of the Hellfire um, mm, yes. club. Is Joseph Quinn? Yes, that's his. That's his name. I, um, I think he is the just has come out of this doing really, really well, and I'm really interested to see what he does next. And I see Metallica get a bit of money back yeah, from exactly, um, that they yeah. lost during that Napster, Napster era. <laughs> Napster, just Napster. I hear they're a bit short, so uh, yeah. What's your go for number eight then? My number eight is Miss Marvel. Oh, okay. Because I've heard that in... Because obviously I've listened to a lot of the best of um, 2022's podcasts and people are giving it a mention, but you're looking at me funny. What's wrong? No, 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 I'm not. I'm all right. People are giving it a mention, but it's not coming up in sort of like the best of's. This, for me, was the first time in the Marvel TV universe that they tried something different. Um, Apart from WandaVision, which I think, yeah, um, but... A lot of it's just blended into one for me. Uh, Hawkeye was fun, but I it had its moments, but it was just an action thing again. But this trying to market to younger teenage girls um, was brilliant. And obviously I am not, and never will be, and never shall be a young teenage girl. Mm. 
but it was utterly charming. I mean, Imal Vellani plays um, plays Miss Marvel, mm. and he's it's one of her first roles apparently and she she just nails the chemistry um it was fun it was light it didn't feel like it was homework for a future film although there are elements of that where it will tie into it just felt like a fun story about like a high school's type story um so yeah i i really enjoyed it did you finish Miss Marvel. You know what? I can't remember which might... Ta- yes, I did. Yes, I did. Because something happens at the end. There's like... Yes. A, a musical a cue. A musical cue yeah. that, yeah, they run my eye at. So, yeah, I did finish it. It it was... it was fu- I, I thought it was fun. I enjoyed watching it. It just didn't make it onto my list. Fair enough. Fair enough. What's your number seven? My number seven is Sherwood, which is nothing to do with Robin Hood. I have seen the first episode of Sherwood. Have you? Yes. That's interesting because you know, like I was saying before, because I was I actually didn't come back to it. With Karen Pirri, really reminded me of Unforgotten. Yes. And I you, said you that when you were describing Unforgotten. it. Unforgotten. So I thought, oh, maybe you would watch Karen Pirri. And then Sherwood's another one because Sherwood is for anyone who who doesn't know at home, it's a BBC drama. It was really really well thought of. We've got lots of critical acclaim, and so many people in it it's like it's just every time someone comes up on screen you go oh it's them it's set in a nottinghamshire mining village and um there's a a shock murder and we'll go no further than that but it's it's really about the history of this community which was divided during the miners strike so i really love that um call back you don't get it very often to things that have happened within the the miners strike uh, in these areas and how that has played out through the generations. Yeah. So what did you think? I thought it was a perfectly fine show that I had very little interest in. Okay. Um, it was... That makes me sad. Yeah. I mean, it, it. I can understand why people like it. It just mm. wasn't for me. Um, brilliant, brilliant acting. Um, yeah, there was something about it just didn't stick. It was all very... It's a little bit dour. It's... Well, it's... Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Um... It's a shame that you didn't go on to episode two because things take a turn in episode two. And I think you might have found yourself a bit more interested. There are obviously characters that I are putting out there in episode one where I'm like, ooh, why are you in the background somewhere? Mm. So, yeah. um... And there's lots of people that pop up in different, you know, as as time goes on. I mean, the cast is amazing. You've got David Morrissey as your lead, Leslie Manville, Robert Glenister. Kevin Doyle, Claire Rush, but you know, you just you're listing people off. Um, Stephen Tomlinson pops up at one point as well, which made me very happy. Yeah, not for me. <laughs> okay. That's sad. I'm I'm sad that you watched it and then you decided that you weren't gonna go for it because I, I thought it might pull you in and yeah, that's a shame. Your number seven. My number seven is Barry's season three. Okay. Um I think this is a season where it officially turns from a comedy with a little bit of drama in it to a full-on drama with a little bit of comedy in it. Um, absolutely amazing performances by the entire cast. Bill Hader has announced himself as one of the giants of TV, and I, I do not know where that came from. And that's not the last time I'll say that about someone who you associate with comedy, this, this list. There's a scene in episode one of season three which is one of the toughest pieces of acting I've ever seen someone do and one of the it's a scene where you he's discussing he's 
he goes to his girlfriend's work and he is having a conversation, needs a favour from her. And it is one of the toughest things I've ever seen. Um, How do you mean? Well, it turns it, it turns into an, it turns into what essentially emotional emotional abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, he is screaming at her. Mm-hmm. He she is looking scared. There are people looking and witnessing this who do not know where to place themselves. And from a thing about a hitman who joins an acting class from season one, from with a Saturday Night Live legend who was in Superbad. Mm. I did not see this coming. It is t- strong. It's about grief. It's about post-traumatic stress. It is, at times, a tough watch. But then there is also the most amazing concept episodes where it's just something happening for the entire half-hour runtime. Isn't the Fonz in it? That's the only thing I know. <laughs> Harry Winkler <laughs> is one of the standout performers in this. Um, Yeah, it's... This is probably one of the most consistent shows on TV. I really think you'd like it if you ever gave it a chance. But... I have seen episodes because you watched it. This is many years ago. You were watching it because obviously you've, you've watched through all the series mm. and it just wasn't, it, it didn't. I think you're watching attention. scenes out of context. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I yeah. think if you understood the relationships and everything, like, because the relationships are so well written in this mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, it's. Yeah, it, it's such a good show. I, I, I'm i so looking forward to season four if we get it. Your number six. My number six is Under the Banner of Heaven, which, surprise, surprise, is a crime drama. Is this Andrew Garfield? <laughs> this is Andrew Garfield. Uh, this is Andrew Garfield playing a Mormon detective um, within a, a Mormon community. And again, there, there is a murder and he has to investigate members of the community and the difficulty that that... Uh, causes for him as someone who is really faithful member of the, the the Mormon church and you see that in the way that his family is organized it, it there were parts of it that made me very uncomfortable because the the wife is performing very much the a, a white a wifely role in that very traditional in she wifely, doesn't see, is that yeah word? yeah yeah but you know what i mean like it's it's very very traditional yes. um gender roles and the children are going to be brought into the church and you see the way that um and we have this with all religious organizations we you see the way that power can be taken and you can do good things with power and you could do not so good things with power and just really interesting how he has to tussle with his faith and and tussle with what he feels that he knows and then it really takes you into the history of um the the mormon religion and i just found it fascinating to learn about um that faith but uh, but also to see that tension and that that struggle and garfield is just wonderful I, i don't think i've seen him do anything you know awful ever you know it's just so good and then you've got people in the background like um rory culkin and um sam worthington (laughs) playing a really really good role and um oh wyatt russell as well if you're gonna lie about sam worthington at least make it plausible yeah yeah yeah, no i think and he's he's not really recognizable from his uh from his avatar character at all he's not blue he's not blue um i've i really really enjoyed it i had to try and stop myself from watching it all at once which i absolutely failed to do and i've been recommending it to to anyone who will listen so my number six Mm -hmm. Is Starstruck season two? Yeah, you really like Starstruck, don't you? Was yeah. Starstruck on your list last year? Uh, no, I think it was on two years ago. Okay. I think that was when it was first out. So Starstruck season one is uh, Rose Matafeo has a one night stand on New Year's Eve. 
with someone who she wakes up and realises is the world's biggest action film star. Um, and they don't get together at that point, but we revisit them all the way through the year when they bump into each other. They like It comes to summer and she might send a text to him and say, how are you doing? And then they meet up and they still touch base and they still clearly have feelings for each other and like each other, but don't commit a relationship because they both have very different lives. Um, season one had one of the most perfect endings to a season I've ever seen. And I was so annoyed when I heard they were going to do a season two because it was such a perfect ending. But they pulled it off. Um, they This is very much, spoilers for season one, this is very much what happens when you are starting a relationship with someone and you have to meet the family and you have to mix with their friends and then things go wrong and you're still like in the same sort of circles but not necessarily it's utterly charming Rose Matafeo is absolutely brilliant in it just um, as this sort of very modern woman who knows what she wants um, and yeah doesn't take any shit I think it's I think this is completely underwatched. Um, I recommend this to you, mm. and you did not like it at all. No, I didn't. I watched it's not all of season one, but I watched an episode of season one, didn't I? Yes, maybe two, and it just it just didn't do anything for me, which is a real surprise to me. But maybe I was in the wrong mood. I mm. might go back and revisit it and see how I feel now. There's also a brilliant little cameo apart from Russell Tovey in this season playing a director who's an absolute (laughs) dickhead. Uh, Like, just every time he came on screen, just my face lit up, just he plays it so well. Uh, But yeah, really, really recommend it. It's all on the iPlayer. It's a BBC Three, I think it is, um, TV show, and I'd really recommend it to anyone who just wants a daft Mm rom-com. What's your number five? My number five is House of the Dragon. We got there eventually. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was your number ten, wasn't it? Yes, it yeah, was. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what was it about House of the Dragon that led it to be on your list? For some people, it's the worst TV show of the year or in their worst lists. Um, or it's sort of like a guilty pleasure. Why is it on your list this year? Uh, because it's better than Westworld, Obi-Wan and Moon Knight and <laughs> Cat Burglar and The Man Who Bought Cricket, which are literally the only things below it. I enjoyed The Man Who Bought Cricket. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I think this is... I think this is a missed opportunity. Um, I enjoyed it while I was watching it, but for Game of Thrones to come back, it, it seemed like... Right. Game of Thrones had so much patience with its storytelling um you know like we saw the walkers in the first episode and they didn't come up until seven seasons later we saw dragon eggs at the end of the first episode i believe or certainly in the first season and we didn't see a dragon until like episode uh, season two and we didn't see a dragon just burn a city down until season five these might be a season out (laughs) either way but yeah this straight away Oh, dragons come along, burn, burn, well, it's, burn. It's, the his- it's what would have happened at the time. Yeah, but it's fiction. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can... but it is fiction, yeah. and it's meant to be. You know, in Game of Thrones, the series that we saw was many, many years later. This, this is a portrayal of what was happening at the time when the dragons were around all the time. I mean, I, I enjoyed it every time it was on. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 
I, I didn't look forward to it each week, but I enjoyed it every time it was on. I think that's it's probably so the... interesting because that's this is be why it's higher up in my list. I looked forward to it every week, and from a show that I was saying to you, "What were they doing? They shouldn't be doing oh, this. Is ridiculous. I'm not going to watch it. It's going to be shit." And then I watched it, and I just thought, "Wow, this is just the performances, particularly the younger cast. This is." Um, and this was quite controversial, wasn't it, when it came out that there's a time, well, there were various time, time jumps, jumps yeah. within the series, but the the young cast in particular, I think, are fantastic. Um, and I actually found it really, really difficult to adjust to their older counterparts when when that happened. The, the One of the other reasons why I've put this so high is because of the depiction of birth within this series. Now, as someone who suffered a birth trauma, you would think that I would want to stay as far away from depictions of birth that might be traumatic or indeed are traumatic. Mm. There are, and this trigger warning for anyone who's going to watch um, House of the Dragon or is going to listen to this description, but there are um, depictions of um, stillbirth. There are depictions of what we would would call um there are depictions of child loss and there are full-on depictions of birth you know really in in your face full-on depictions of of birth and you just don't see that and it's a theme of the show that the um the birthing bed is is the battleground you know in in becoming pregnant and having children that is where the war occurs for women particularly in this in this show and so i um really appreciated that theme and i appreciated the depiction of the the violence of birth of the um of when things go wrong um because as someone who has been through that experience in various guises you kind of want to lift the curtain on those things that are often swept under the carpet and you want to be able to say to the world these things happen and we shouldn't be frightened to talk about it or ashamed it shouldn't be swept away as a dirty secret so I really appreciated that. Now I know it has caused controversy because there's some people who said I cu- I couldn't take it. I couldn't take the gore, or I, I it was relentless because there are multiple scenes of of loss. Yeah, and they said, oh, it was it was too much, and um, or perhaps arguing that it was done for effect. Yeah, I didn't feel that way as someone who's been through that experience, um, and I feel sort of like quite right on (laughs) sort of like well look i've been through this and if i'm saying that i appreciated it being there i feel quite justified in my argument although i know that there'll be other people who've had exactly the same experience as me who will run a mile from from this i feel i've been overly negative on this but i think the action sequences are stunning um, I think that the characterization, well, the acting, I think, is just perfect all the way from start to finish. Like you believe that every single person in this is the person who they are portraying, and some of the political turns really, really did it for me. I just kind of wished they'd left it. Okay. But I mean, 
what are you going to do when there's money on the table? Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. I think it was the best thing that could have come out of clearly a, a money-grabbing exercise, personally. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. What are we up to? Is it number five? I've just done my number five, yeah. so it's your number five. My number five is the after party. The after party? Why can't I remember what this is? Because you didn't watch this at all. I know, but I normally kind of know what a show is. What's the after party? The after party is an Apple TV show. This is a group of former classmates meet up for their high school reunion. Um, all from very different backgrounds. One of them is a rap musician. Rap, rap musician. A rap musician. God, do I sound 42 now. Yeah, you are. Um, <laughs> is he Eminem? Well, or he, 50 Cent? he's Dave Franco. So, yeah, <laughs> okay. very much. He's called Xavier. Okay. Right. Um, so they go back to his crib for an mm, after party. Nice. At which point he falls off a balcony and he's killed. Oh, not nice. That's episode one. Okay. Tiffany Haddish arrives as the police officer to try and get to the bottom of this, and we see her interviewing the other members of the cast episode by episode. And each episode is from a different person's point of view, and is told in a different way. So is this a crime drama that I haven't watched? It, or is it yeah, comedy? It's, it's, it's comedy, but right. it's it's more conceptual crime drama with a it's touch like a of comedy. Mystery. Yes. Yeah. Is it like a sort of it it feels now that you describe it a bit like a knives out sort of I'd say that's that's the tone it's closest yeah. oh, to. Oh wow. Maybe I so, should watch it. So what you have is you have, for example, um I, I'm gonna butcher this pronunciation, but E.K. Barinholtz um plays Brett in this and when he's telling this back, it's like a fast and furious uh, action drama where he's pedal to the metal, mm-hmm. drive into the um reunion. Um when you have Ben Schwartz's um there's Jasper, who is Xavier's former bandmate, um he's is like a high school um comedy a little bit high school musically um just Dimitri's in this uh Sam Richardson is probably the lead as a Neek who I love in I think you should leave he's got some small roles in there um Dave Franco like I say is perfect as this annoying uh rapper guy uh, but yeah there are there are animated episodes there are episodes that take place like a rom-com there are episodes that take place like like i say like an action movie this is so clever um and i think you'd really like it mm. um it's on apple plus like i say and hideously underseen but it really goes places and i really like i think as a concept i think it's absolutely genius they're doing a season two apparently which i'm not too happy about because again i think it's a perfect one and done but yeah i really really enjoyed this again it's just half an hour so um it's really easily consumed so yeah really check this out it's really fun my number four is severance we're not talking about that yet okay My number four, we won't be talking about yet, I don't think. Okay, what's your number four? Yellow Jackets. Yep, we're not talking about that for a while. Okay. Um, so my number three is Andor. Okay, so that's something I've not seen. Did you get part way into it? Did you start it? I can't remember whether you like gave it a bit of a go. So I watched, you watched the first episode while mm-hmm. I was down here. And I was like, I'm not interested in this. Then I've heard so much good stuff about it that I went back and revisited and watched the first 10 minutes where 
he appears in a bar and there is Jez Quigley from <laughs> Coronation Street in there. I thought this looks great and then I got distracted and uh, lost my point and I've never gone back to it. Yeah. And but now you've clearly heard all of the critical acclaim. I've heard the critical acclaim. Yeah. I don't know what happens in it. Which is fabulous because mm. you don't want to. You want to be um you want to be with you know you want to kind of have that experience that everyone else had at the time. It's fantastic. And who would believe it was Star Wars? I mean, there's no lightsabers, there's no you know, there's no Skywalkers. All of those things that you come to expect from a, a, a Star Wars show. And even, you know, you think about The Mandalorian or... Um, no, I'm not going to say any of the other... I was about to say The Book of Boba Fett or Kenobi, but they are rubbish. But The <laughs> Mandalorian in particular, where you felt that it was showing you other worlds that you hadn't seen before in the Star Wars yeah. universe. They were still relying on things like a baby Yoda or mm. um, the lightsabers or... We need to know, go to Tatooine. Yeah, exactly. That, you're just not there. There are people who you know from the, the Star Wars films, but they are fleshed out in in a really interesting way and it's much more about the politics of, of what, is, what is going on. The world building's amazing. The acting's amazing. It is a slow starter, though. And I found myself... It took me probably four or five episodes before I really got into it. And then it's, it builds and builds. And it changes as time goes on as well. So what you think it's going to be, it doesn't end up being. It reveals itself. I'm about to still use like an onion metaphor, but we've just watched Glass Onion. And so I feel like it's in my mind. But it really, it, there's layers and layers to it. To the point where when you get to the end, you kind of want to go back to the beginning and go, oh, I thought I was watching this show in episode one. I thought I was watching quite a, a standard um, lone man in a, on a planet, maybe getting up to no good, has friends who were, or are trading in things illegally. You know, mm. that sort of very... You know, you've seen that story before in Star Wars, but it really isn't that. When you when you think it back and think through what's happened, I think it's absolutely fantastic. And I'm really looking forward to see where where it goes from, from here. Okay. I mean, I, w- I will watch it. I you will should, watch you it. You should watch yeah. it. I think it'll get a number of awards. I think there'll be some acting gongs as well for people. Um, that I won't talk about because there are people that pop up later on down the line. One of the most exciting things about Andor is that it was filmed all over the UK. So I'm like looking up the filming locations and there's like Buckinghamshire, Essex, not Essex, Essex, Perthshire, Argyll and Butte, Woking, London, Dorset. You know, it was filmed in the UK. So, um, I mean, like I say, I saw Jez Quigley there yeah, and the, the flatmate well, from... That's what I'm saying. I think I may, I may destroy you. I think I may destroy you. Um, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. There's loads of people that pop up from like Coronation Street and EastEnders. And is just... Moxie in it? Did I yes, see Moxie? Yeah, exactly. From Off We Descend. Yeah. So there's yeah. loads of people. Other people I won't mention because it's a spoiler to go into it. But you just, you just kind of want to go, yes, that's amazing. That person and that person's in. And I remember listening to an interview with one of the people behind it saying, well, I just, I just wanted that I just wanted that actor in and wanted no Moxie. one no one else would know that that then most well known in the UK for for this but, but the brilliant character actors yeah so yeah 
My number three is a TV show you started but didn't finish. Okay. Which is She-Hulk Attorney at Law. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's your number three? Yes. Wow. Okay. This went places. This is obviously the, the new Marvel TV show. And I'm so glad that they've gone for something just completely different. As with Miss Marvel, in that they have just gone for a half hour legal drama. However, this would have been sort of mid-table until the ending. Where... I paused the show and kind of looked around to go, is this for real? (laughs) Like, is this actually happening? Like, what, am I dreaming this? Or one of the most jaw-dropping finales, without losing the spirit of the show, without, like, it's not a big Marvel, um, oh, robots crashing into each other finale do you know anything about the finale yeah i do okay. i know what happens i think you're right in saying that it's very much with the the tone of the show the show is very tongue-in-cheek yes what i'm going that's all i'm gonna say so it when i heard what had happened i thought oh well that fits with where this is going and it's so well done there is a gimmick that is used where it's so perfectly done um and I was my jaw was on the floor. Um, anyone who's seen it will know what I'm talking about. But yeah, it is so so well done. Um, and I mean, I was with this show from the moment that like Incredible Hulk is on the phone, Bruce Banner, and says, "Yeah, I was a different person then, literally." And yeah, to make that reference, and and um, Tatiana Maslany, who plays She Hulk, just sort of looks at this thing, and goes, "Ha ha," and. I'm all over that. Like, I can, I am, it's got the best of Arrested Development in the sort of self-referential-ness to it. Um, And that's what I've been missing from my TV comedies for so long now. So, yeah. um, Yeah. Number three. Third best show of the year. What's your number two? So, my number two is Yellow Jackets, which some people have put on their 2021 list because I think it came out in America in 2021, didn't it? It started in 2021. I think Mm. it started in 2021 on here as well. Okay. But it finished in 2022. Yeah. I wouldn't put an an incomplete TV show on Mm. my 2021 list. So, I think it sits better here. Um, I'm happy to to stick it in there especially as it didn't make it in last year because we didn't start watching it until this Mm. year to be honest with you um absolutely loved yellow jackets it's 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 a show that very much appeals to me as a woman because it's all about female friendship and it's got this dual timeline where you see a group of teenagers who are involved in a plane crash um and have to um wait it out uh wait for for rescue and then you see them or certain members of that group in present day and you see you get an inkling that major things have happened within that experience where you know in in this crash in the middle of woodland and then the horror elements come in so you you go backwards and forwards between the two timelines often that leads you to think um, you know who's made it out alive who hasn't so there's like that mystery thriller lost sort of element to it but this horror thing that I keep coming back to there are some like really horrific moments both in the um, present day timeline but also in the um, in the, the historic timeline as well um, some very 
very i'm gonna say spooky because there's like almost like ghostly things but then there's body horror and there's almost like um mythical creature sort of type of things going on as well but you just but you don't know that's you know i'm i'm happy to actually make all of those um those descriptions because I don't actually know what is going on. It's sort of playing on all of those things and you're not mm. sure if you're you're they're seeing things, so you're seeing things because they've been through this horrific experience. Um I just find it absolutely fascinating as a as a show and I love the relationships between the women as well. It does feel like it, for so many reasons it feels like the kind of second coming of lost to me. Um you know, with the theorising, obviously with the plane crash, but with the theorising and with the getting to know people, um, I mean, the flash forwards, obviously, mm-hmm. <laughs> as well. Um, I'm disappointed that I've seen some casting information for season two. Yes, so have I. And it's revealed that people have survived that yes. I, we didn't necessarily know. Mm. Um, and that that's, obviously they're going to have to release who who's joining the cast. Mm. And that's a and actually bit the, of a shame. The, the, the cast members that they've got on I think it's perfect casting for those people so you kind of go oh it's perfect casting but it's a shame because we were very much um in I'm trying not to get too much right but you you, you're not told what you they you don't see them in present day and there were events happening back in 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 the earlier day (laughs) earlier day you know what I mean yes back in the day that you go oh well they might not make it out of that so then to find out that their older selves have been cast, you can, oh, well, they clearly do then. Mm, uh, yeah, um, yeah. I can't, can't wait for season but two. But can't wait for season two. I really hope it it, it 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 sticks to what it is because I thought that first season was just amazing. And even to the point of looking at the opening credits, every time watching the opening credits, seeing more and more of what's happening and it unravelling that story yes. more and more, things like that, I think it had been really, really well thought through. And I'd, li- I'd like to see that that carry on rather than, oh, it's been a hit, let's just throw everything at it. Mm. Yeah. My number two mm-hmm. is Better Call Saul season six. Um, what more can I say than a show that for me just absolutely stuck the landing? Um, it we knew where it needed to get to, and that was always going to be a risk. We knew what was likely to happen, and it did, and it did it quite early and quite early enough into the certainly the second part of this season because it was released in two parts, and then an amazing coda that we've we've been seeing all the way through the. the typically the first episode of each season of this will show what happens after the show um not after the show like hey we're finished <laughs> yeah um after the timeline that's we see for them um after even the timeline of breaking bad essentially and then a, a beautiful coda um actually really heartwarming at points but also heartbreaking at points we didn't have to riot for various reasons um sorry if that's a spoiler for anyone but uh yeah and this would have been so easy to fuck up. They didn't. I know there's plenty of people who couldn't quite get on board with the coda to this. But for me, it worked perfectly. Um, and that's why it's number two. I didn't know what your number one was. 
but I've just seen you Google something, so um, <laughs> bit of a spoiler for me. Sorry. I mean, if I thought about it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was trying to bring the cast list up so that I could credit everyone because I wanted to, you know, I often, when we're talking about this and we don't have notes and I don't look stuff up and then I feel really bad afterwards because I'll find the name of one or two people and I'll forget loads of the others. And the show that I'm going to talk about is very much an ensemble cast and I wanted to credit everyone. So yeah, you saw me Googling <laughs> Bad <Yes>. Sisters. <laughs> to get the cast up um so bad sisters is um irish black comedy which funnily enough is about a group of sisters um so you've got here we go this is why i google it so you've got sharon horgan who's also behind the production as well Anne marie duff eva burtwistle sarah green eve hewson as the sisters at the heart of the story is Anne marie duff's character is married to John Paul, otherwise known as JP. She is in... Is there anyone called John Paul that isn't known as JP? <laughs> I like, don't know. every single one that I know. Um, she is... She is... Well, I'm going to say she's not in a happy marriage, even though she probably b- believes that she is, but he's very controlling. There's some really uh, awful scenes of coercive control, but he's also just an absolute arsehole to everyone, but in that very passive-aggressive way. So you wouldn't really know. You wouldn't see it from the outside. It's really insidious. Mm. You wouldn't see it from the outside, but the things that he does to each of the sisters and the way that he undermines them, the way that he spins them along, um, so sort of takes them along on the line and maybe makes promises to them and then goes, oh, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. And then gets his wife to go and tell the sister that actually what he's promised isn't going to be happening. Um, there's some really, really awful so it's actually quite hard to to watch at times as well but if you've ever seen someone who's a, a narcissist who has that that toxicity within them you can you you know that whoever's written this knows that person because it's just so well done and actually clash bang who is um the person who plays J- jp um does it beautifully i mean you absolutely hate him and so it really very much revolves around the sisters trying to help uh, Amory Duff's character, who is is Grace, I'm going to get the name right, um, and and to support her and try to get her back and making um, sort of suggestions that she wasn't always the sort of the way that she is now. When you see her very meek, very mild, um, very alone, even her own daughter says to her, like, "You have no friends. You, you what do you do? You just sit around the house, just cleaning the house all day." And she's been isolated and, and made to work. So, so um, and this is a, a very much a whodunit. And um, so each episode you will see that things, I mean, it reminds me not of, I know you were talking about the after party. It doesn't remind me of that and that con- conceit, but there's, there are elements of, oh, we're with one sister this week and we'll see things through their eyes yes. or we'll see how he makes their life a misery oh next week well we'll concentrate on a different sister and we'll see why she now wears an eye patch for example and what's happened in her relationship and how he has affected that and just it builds and builds and builds so to the point where i was um on the treadmill and i was going on the treadmill to watch the show to have an excuse to watch it because I thought, well, if I'm on the treadmill, I'm by myself and I can put my tablet up by the treadmill and I can watch another episode. It's just brilliant. 
the only thing I'm going to say about it, sort of in, in the negative is that I thought it was perfect as one season and gone. I thought it resolved everything. I thought it ended on a really positive note. I, I just really, really liked the way that it, it was a, a full show. And they've renewed it for a series two. And whilst I want to go back and spend time with these people, I'm not quite sure what's going to happen next. What they, How are they going to resolve? What's the tension going to be? What's the conflict going to be? And this was a show that was very much around one thing, one very specific experience and event in this first season. And I just, I want to be proved wrong. And I hope that the second series is just as compelling. It sounds a bit Big Little Lies. Yes, yes. And I think comparisons were were made. What I liked about it was it wasn't glossy. Mm. It was, I mean, some of the houses were beautiful, but some of the sisters don't own their own property. They're in a little flat. You can see them running around with like a big, a big jumper on that they've got second, you know. It's not that sort of glossy big little lies where they're all in glass fronted how and even the people who are meant to be in inverted commas poor yes. are sending their children to this amazing school and running along the beach. You know, that's the, it felt very true to life. Mm. It felt really lived in. Would I like it? I don't, I don't know. Like, I am not it's asking really for a hard. legally binding contract. Know, or should I, I, should I give it I a go? I think give it a go. Watch the first two episodes, I would say. Mm. Don't just leave it at episode one. Go to episode two to get yourself into into it. Um, because the first episode's a setup, and then the second episode gets you into what's actually, you know, going on. Give it a go. I mean, it's been on so many people's lists. I would, yeah, that's... Yeah. But I'm nervous now because you watched episode one of Sherwood and just didn't like it, and I thought that was wonderful. Okay, okay. I think I know what your number one is. Well, I mean, <laughs> if you think about it, we we can work it out. Why? Because you had something earlier on in the list that we said we'll have to come back to. Oh, okay. So... What did you think it was going to be? I thought it was going to be the bear. Do you know what? I've completely fucking forgot about the bear. <laughs> where's the bear? It's because where's I made a long bear? list before this. And, oh, the bear oh, would definitely be on my list. Yeah, I know it would. I thought it might be, like, number one. Well, obviously, because I've just said your number one's the bear. My number one severance. Ah. But if I have to... Are you going to knock one off? Oh, Hot D's gone. House of the Dragon's <laughs> gone. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, okay. bear would, the bear would 100% be in above She-Hulk, but mm-hmm. below Bear Call Saul, I think. Okay, okay. And mm. um, why was that? Why would the bear be in yeah, there? Yeah, why would the bear be in there? Why, oh, the... why are you getting so annoyed that you've forgotten the bear? Because the bear is... The bear is a brilliant TV show starring people I had virtually no idea about. And when I heard about people saying about the bear, because it came out in America before it came out here, um, as so many things do, I didn't really care about a, a, something set in a in a chef, you know, in, in a, in a, in a greasy spoon cafe where they serve, like, beef hoagies and stuff like that. I don't know what beef hoagie is. It's kind of a subway, like a sub oh, like roll. a sandwich. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um... This is not about a chef. This is about grief. This is about getting to know people after they die. This is such a beautiful show, uh, The Bear. But yeah, so good that I forgot about it <laughs> because I did a long list a little while ago and um, yeah, I forgot to put this on. Oh, well, I'm glad I, I was there to remind you. I am so, yeah, watch The Bear. It's on Disney+. Plus. Um, yeah, God, I, that, that, that caught me unawares. Yeah. Shit. 
So your number one is Severance. My number one is Severance. Yeah, yeah. And I, I really did toy with that as well. There were a couple that I was sort of... Yellow Jacket, Severance, Bad Sisters were the three. And, and Andor, and Andor. Yeah. We took a long time to watch Severance. Mm, we did. And look, partially down to me because during the middle of the year... I had some I had some real problems. I had to step mm. away from work for a bit and watching something as intense of this about work yeah. was not top of mm. my priority Absolutely list. Not. And I think we left it at a very interesting point. And then when we came back, it was just Oh my god, this mm. show's just gone through the gears mm. and has absolutely hit like top speed. Um talking about yellow jackets about a show that kind of is the reveal of the last two episodes, I think I can't think of a bigger mouth on the floor mm-hmm. moment than um, we have to go back from yeah. Lost. Yeah, I put it up there, and I put that up there as one of the highest things, yeah. that, one of the best reveals I've ever seen about a TV in a TV show. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, so should we talk about what this is? Because yeah, yeah I mean... well, uh, but but not too much because no. I really enjoyed the fact that I didn't really really know about it. Yeah, so this stars Adam Scott, who again is a comedy <laughs> comedy actor. He was from... in Big Little Lies, wasn't he? He was in Big Little Lies. Mm. Um, I first saw him in uh, Step Brothers. He plays the asshole um, brother-in-law who's married to oh, sorry brother actually I think it is um, who's married to it was Agatha all along. Oh, Catherine really? Hahn. Yeah. Okay, I've not seen Step Brothers. You do shock me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, comedy. Um, and yeah, he um has a procedure whereby he, when he goes into work each day, his body completely separates. He, when he's in work, he can't remember his outside life. Mm-hmm. When he's outside of work, he can't remember his life inside work. Yeah. No, he doesn't physically separate, just for anyone listening at home. It is a mental separation. So when he comes home at night, he can't remember anything about his working day. He doesn't know what he does. So when people are asking him, hmm. like, what what do you do in that building? Because it's, it's quite a... Um, let's say people don't quite know what's going on within the building as well, within the within the company. Uh, so what do you do? And he's just like, well, I have no idea. And then when he's at work... He has no idea who he is outside of work. Mm. He's so, the, the reason he's gone through this procedure is because his wife has died. Yeah. And what he wants to do is go to another place where he doesn't remember that. Uh, because when he's at home and he's sitting thinking about his wife and looking at photographs of her, and, and he's really depressed. You can see he's really, really suffering from, I would say, sort of mental health um, issues and uh, really quite devastating grief. So you can really understand why he's gone through that procedure because for X number of hours a day, he doesn't have to think about that. He do, he He's living in almost like um, just, you know, complete... What's the word that I'm looking for? Like when you... When you um, like oblivion. Yes. You know, he, he, he doesn't know who he is. He, he doesn't know what he does for a living. He doesn't know whether he's married, whether he's got children, where he lives, what he doesn't. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the same for the other people within the the organisation that he works with. He works with a small team of people. Yeah. And all of them say, you know, oh, um, I was a bit tired this morning. Maybe my outie, as they call the people who, who were um, at home, um, maybe my outie has been to the gym today or something like that, which is really interesting. And that sounds like a really interesting concept. Mm. But I wasn't prepared for how much of, how well done this storytelling is. I mean, the fact that this is done by Ben Stiller is, you know, like, 
amazing. And I know that Ben Stiller's got chops from. I mean, directed. Um, what's that film he directed in the mid with Winona Ryder? Oh, at Reality Bites. Reality Bites. Yeah. The first 15 film I ever went to see at the mm-hmm. cinema. I got free preview tickets to The Big Breakfast. <laughs> I had to ring a line and uh, yeah, I got in when I was about, I think probably about 13 or something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously, and he's obviously got an eye for film, mm. but this is so stylized, especially like the the design in the office where it's very static. And, oh, there's no windows. Yeah. It's completely claustrophobic. Mm. Well, yeah. yeah. And the... I mean, there is a waffle party scene, which I don't think I'm giving too much away by saying that, is one of the most amazingly, joyously depressing things I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, and it's, and it's very odd. And you're not quite sure where you are in history. You're not quite sure where you are in the world. It, it really sets you off quite a lot you know you, you you're just not quite sure but like you say those last two episodes where things are revealed just i was just like what what because we watched it separately um i i was like running around i had to go and read stuff about it afterwards to really understand what had happened things that i thought about people you know we watched episode after episode things that i thought were just absolutely you know taking that as read you just you, you you just go right okay um and really really good setup for the next season where we'll see where things go from from there and again a bit like with yellow jackets there've been casting announcements and people like Grant, Gwendolyn Christie from Game of Thrones are, is is going to be there i think there's a, i literally found out this evening when i was looking up about uh, Ali Shawcat from Arrested Development getting its second things in it <laughs> Merritt Weaver who i love oh i didn't know that yeah and Bob Balaban who's such a oh, good yeah, uh, yeah. like comedic actor um and you just wonder how they're going to come in the show who who are they going to be what are they going to be you know but there is so much of this world that I feel is left to be explored mm. that like it's easy to write them in because yeah um well it's just fantastic and yeah you um again a slow build so part way through I was thinking do I really want to watch any more of this where is this going and the, and characters that I just didn't care about to, right at the end they became my favorite characters like <laughs> that's a really really slow slow build so um yeah cannot recommend it enough obviously because it's on my list too and Absolutely, yeah. Um, I mean, it's on Apple TV Plus. I think it's pretty cheap. Apple TV Plus, mm. like you, you can, can get it for like free subscription for a while, like a um, like uh, a give it a go we, sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, like I got it. We've had like free trials through a through my Barclay card, and mm. got five months free. And then Sky gave away like six months yeah. over Christmas. So you can do, like, like free trials, I don't know if that's still you? on off, uh, still going about at the time. But mm. you've got Sky. Just like go through the My VIP app that you get. I had to install it, but yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, because we got six months free, so you might be able to blag it somehow. But yeah, highest recommendation for this, highest recommendation for Bad Sisters. Yeah. And also, while you're there, watch uh, The After Party, because, uh, <laughs> yeah. And it really pains me to recommend Apple, because um, <laughs> I've gone through life hating people with iPhones, or at least being an Android fan. So, um, yeah, that's... <sighs> I'm so gutted about forgot about the bear. I know. I'm sorry. I've I wondered whether to say because I was like, I haven't seen the bear. Oh, it must be number one. And then when you were like, well, you already know. And I was like, no, that doesn't make sense in my mind. 
Well, well, well. It is what it is. See, these things are very organic. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and obviously, disclaimer, as you will have heard if you've listened to our top 10 films of 2022, disclaimer is, these are the shows that we watched last year. Um, we haven't watched everything. And there'll be some things that we started and didn't finish. It's just the things that stay in, stay in your mind, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So... I think we need to come back quite soon with a, a main show. Yeah, we've got we've been watching quite a lot actually. Um TV, film <sighs> Yeah, lots lots of things to talk about. But thank you for listening. Thank you everyone. I hope someone's found something new to watch on this and not something that's gonna make you hate us anywhere. But yeah, let us know what you think. We you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at the Honeymoon Pod. We'd love to know what your favourite shows of twenty twenty two are. Um are they on our list? Are they not? <laughs> and let us know what we've missed. Let us yeah. know what let us know what we what we need to see. Um because I'm always looking for something. Well Mark to watch couldn't now. even make like a top ten. So yeah, tell him everything that he needs I mean, to watch. I, look, I, I watched so much last year that I forgot something. <laughs> I didn't even put NXT on there. Oh yeah, anything but wrestling, please. <laughs> Cool. Well, um, you can follow us. Are we done? We've, yeah, we've already we've done, done that. that. Yeah, we've already we've just done it. I've I've just done it as part of my 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 blurb. Or you can leave us a star rating. I'm looking at Mark because he's just like mouthing what I need to say. A star rating on Spotify because you can a, do that now. Or a review. Or a review on Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. <laughs> um, thank you to everyone who's left us a review and a star rating so far. Um, every now and again, I have a little sneaky look at Apple Podcasts and it's always really lovely to read the, the really nice reviews. So <laughs> thank you everyone who's taken the time to do that. I know it's sometimes a bit of a faff to go in, because I've done this myself, to go in and to do all of the, you know, get on the shows and then leave the, the ratings and the reviews. So I really do appreciate everyone who's taken the time to to do that for us. Thank you, everyone. And we'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye.